This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up, To The Point listeners? It's the host, your boy, Cristiano, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman, my friend. How you do? Man, any better, and I would be our guest, Eddie MC. There's such a there's such a different energy in the studio when it's someone's second time. You know, we know each other, we know what to expect, we know it's going to be fire. So, man, I'm excited, glad to be here. Eddie MC, you like that, Ed? Wooka wooka. Yeah, Eddie Max. I'm so street, I'm concrete. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Eddie McFarland. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Uh, my pleasure. It's great to be here. I appreciate you guys are doing incredible things with this podcast. Um, and so it's just, it's just great to be, so, to be back. And so Eddie was on, on a, a uh, thanks buddy. Eddie was on a, a previous episode at the end of last year, um, episode 49. And that was battle tested training for home services success. So good. Uh, back on, I think December 21st when that episode aired, um, it was badass. It was well received by our listeners. So thank you, my friend, you're back a second time. That tells you all you need to know. It was great. I, it was, uh, I wrapped it and put it under the tree for my kids as a Christmas it's present. Very, it was a great day. I'm sure they really loved day. it. They're like, I'm sure they really <laughs> loved it. Thanks, Dad. And you've kind of become a celebrity since then. You've got the tool Ooh. shed. You're getting yourself out there a little bit. You've got a little following. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah, we sure are. The sure. Tool. <laughs> Let's roll with that. But a little I, celebrity. I, I, I joke. I, oh, go ahead. No, it's it, wasn't sure if that was a height joke or so. Oh, good grief! Well, I, I've got a question. I know I'm, I'm yes. kind of breaking form here, um, because this this uh, this has been on my mind since the last time we had you on. Of all of our guests in the history of almost whatever, oh, what's he going to say? No, I'm now, interested. You yeah. had probably the greatest depth of like oh. quotes and knowledge and resources <clears throat> you were pulling from, right? And you talked a lot about having a learning culture and all that in your company. Yeah. Like, where do you learn all this stuff? How do you hold on to those quotes and how do you draw from all that knowledge? Uh, a misspent childhood. I yeah. have no idea. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I wasn't a great student in school, like, like many of us in the trades. Uh, and somewhere along the line, there's, there's, I've just gravitated to what I refer to as these universal truths that just I find sticky, easy to understand. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the lure of the philosophies, it's just, it's just makes sense to me. And, and so when it makes sense, it, I think it, it recalls a little easier. And the other thing is, you know, we talk about this in the learning cultures, you know, when you hear something, you'll recall it 10% of the time, if you use it, um, you you know, 40% of the time and there's a time variance and, and all the brain science says that, you know, when we learn something, it goes to one side of our brain. When we recall it, it's like we go to a different filing cabinet in our brain. And so that's why repetition and recall is, you know, typically um, a little I better for, for studying and stuff. Yeah, I remember him dropping all of those bombs and Paul geeking out over all of it. You thought it was smart. And listen, right. I actually, there's, there's someone over here with a giant cue card, cue card. Right, with dead, <laughs> dead people quotes on it. So. That works no, out great. Not. Well, listen, if you're listening for the first time and you didn't hear Eddie's episodes, who we don't want to assume, everybody knows who Eddie Mack is. He's not just a uh, DJ from middle Pennsylvania. <laughs> he's, been, he's on the ones and twos. Um, also the VP of learning and development um, for Haller Enterprises, as well as co-founder of our partner, uh, schedule engine and uh, jack of all trades. Um, I said yes. jack of all trades. 
Paul. Uh, I get it. From Lidditz. Lidditz. Well said. Well said. Hails from, but originally (laughs) from, as I see it behind, you can't see on unless you're watching it, uh, behind him, from uh, Alua. That's pretty good, man. Most people go Hawaiian, and that's like uh, yeah, that was that was really Aloha. good. Aloha, yeah. Aloha, son of a. I I was. Clo- pretty, no, no, I was closer. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. From Scot from Scotland. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. um, you want to hear a uh, a good Scottish joke? I would love to hear a good <laughs> Scottish joke. <laughs> okay, what do you call a Scotsman in the knockout stages of the World Cup? I have no idea. What do you call a Scotsman in the knockout stage of the World Cup? I'm pretty sure an Irishman wrote this joke. Uh, A referee. Oh! (laughs) I thought you were going to say lonely, but that's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Because he ain't playing. Yeah, that's, you know, the the, the joke that we always heard growing up is I I was uh, 14 before I realized the full name of the team wasn't Scotland nil. (laughs) So... You know, it's pretty follow up joke there. Solid. Hey, my my daughter is a goalkeeper, and her um her keeper coach is uh, played on the Scotland World Cup team. He's a goalkeeper, and um, he got a lot of practice judging by the Scottish defense. So, (laughs) what I learned is that it doesn't take that much, (laughs) and they're not that Mm -hmm. great. Um, Yes, I love listening to him uh, coach her because he forgets. well, I shouldn't say he forgets. He just doesn't care that uh, they're children. Um, she's 14, but he lets her have it like she's an adult. And I love it. It's actually part of what's funny right. about him because he just busts her chops and she needs it too. Uh, probably probably uh, is why she's doing so well too. Uh, at she's least a part she's of it, crushing sure. it, man. She's crushing it. Hey, you know what else? We didn't bring this up last time, and I don't know how it yeah. didn't come up um, because I love talking about Scotland. Um, but we talked a lot about William Wallace because I think William Wallace mm. is a badass. But we never brought up the Loch Ness monster. Oh, that's we're all sworn to secrecy on that. Yeah, I don't I, know how much I can divulge. That. Do you know? Yeah, well, um, do you know uh, what the Loch Ness uh, monster likes to eat? <laughs> I bet Chris does. Uh, I no. What does the Loch Ness monster like to eat? Fish and chips. <laughs> That's Fish that's pretty good. That's like that's, that's like that's dad dad joke that's quality dad, right there. Kyle just got it. Took you a second. Yeah, well, yeah, it's because the microphone's so good and is so close. Okay, I'm so sorry, listeners, to put you through that. It's actually all Eddie's fault. He put me up to it. It's true. It's none of I bring none it was mine. Paul, you want to go ahead and kick us off, bro? Oh, actually, you know what? No, 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 no. No, I, I forgot. I almost forgot. Yes, you did. Eddie, we switched up the style a little bit since you were on last to uh, ask some okay. icebreaker questions. I know your game, so I'm not going to ask you. Go but for it. Um, first things first, you know, we'll give our listeners a little idea of who Eddie is besides a Scotsman with a, a mm-hmm. brilliant beard. Um, if you could have dinner with anyone, live or dead, who would it be? Uh, uh, Boy, I don't want to be uh, George Washington. No kidding, oh, George Washington. Solid. Cool. Yeah. Um, at his house. At his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I yeah. hear was amazing. Yeah, I actually, I actually got uh, a chance to, to visit and see his private library and stuff. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Cool. That's the first time we got that answer. Um, I like asking that question. Okay. Um, if you could be a superhero 
Which hmm? one would you be? And tall Paul is not an answer. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's rubbish. Uh, I would have to say, I think, I think uh, somebody like Spider Man. I can dig it. I can dig Spider Man. Yeah, and I don't take himself too seriously. Yeah, he's pretty cool. You know? Yep. Okay. Doesn't always get it right. I'm down. Tries hard. He doesn't always get it right. Tries hard. That's pretty good. Okay. 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 Next. 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 So, Paul kind of mentioned a minute ago that you were, um, you know, that you guys have the tool shed, which we'll talk about. You and Jerry. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about later who's the bigger tool. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, I think. Come on. I was okay. I wish I could see your reaction from it. Um, <laughs> anyhow, moving on. You walk out. Okay. So now it's you versus Jerry. Okay. Yep. You guys are yep. walking out. Yep. Curtain opens. Eddie yes. is, Eddie's ready to roll. He's ready to, to go to battle. He's got an entrance song. Okay? What would your yeah. entrance song be? Now, hang on. Before, okay. well, I'm going to give you a chance to think about it. Mm-hmm. When I start thinking of Eddie McFarlane, I'm like, what do I think his entrance song would be? So I like to take a crack at it if you would, uh, if you would, if you would yes. let me. Is that yep, fair? Yeah, please. Okay, please. so Eddie walks out. The curtain Opens up. He's got his gloves on. He's ready to kick some Jerry Rollins ass. And the crowd goes crazy and his music is... (laughs) Is that appropriate? That's not bad. That that gets the feet tapping, you know what I mean? That would be... Let me just tell you, by the way, we are recording this episode on uh, the 19th of May, and yesterday was opening day at the Indianapolis 500, which is near and dear to my heart. And guess what? The bagpipers play at the Indianapolis 500, and they play that song all the time. So every time yes. I hear it, it makes me think of the Indianapolis 500. That's it, It's a good one. They, they say there's there's uh, nothing better in the world than bagpipes played well. There's nothing worse in the world than bagpipes played played badly it's like it like oh you've ever seen that drunk busker in edinburgh like killing a cat it's, it's terrible but man when you just hear it and it hits you yeah i defy you not to feel something oh, it's, 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 it's it's pretty cool i have requested yeah. it to be played at my funeral and that's gonna yeah, be when but, i'm 97 years old i think so anyway okay getting back to it so you walk out you get ready to kick jerry's ass uh your entrance yep. song plays what is eddie's entrance song uh, you know, <laughs> I had one. Now I'm all thinking about uh, <laughs> bagpipes. You know what? There's a great, uh, um, there's a great crowd song. They they sing it in some of the, the games back home, and it's called "Sunshine on Leaf" by the Proclaimers, and it's a good crowd song. I don't know. First off, lover, not a fighter. I'm pretty sure Jerry could kick my ass. <laughs> so we'll probably sit down, have a bit of a sing song, and uh, and uh, you know break bread but that's uh that's that's probably where i'd go there's not there's there's if you go on youtube there's you'll see like there's a stadium with eighty thousand people singing this song it's pretty cool i love it okay well i'm about to look it up and and give it a go okay let's get into the good stuff because as i've learned as i've learned the name of the podcast is called to the point and it seems to be the last thing i do is get to the point so that's actually the point right no okay paul kick us off bro let's get this thing going yeah, I mean, we're starting this one a little differently because we heard your your personal story on the last podcast, but yeah. I want you to share with the listeners, what's the significance of a turtle on a fence post? <laughs> and this is not a Cristiano question. 
Yeah. So that's, it's a great question. Uh, that is, uh, comes to us courtesy of uh, a good friend of mine, Jerry Rollins, a, an incredible trainer, incredible yes. human. Uh, and he's like, Oh, we got to do a turtle on the fence post. And he says, this like, everybody knows like turtle on fence post turtle. I'm like, and he finally, he, <laughs> yesterday went shopping for a turtle cause we needed one as a prop. He's like the carrot top of trainers. He's got props for everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but, Really, what Jerry would tell you is that if you come to, if you're driving and you come to a stop sign, you look around and you you happen to see a fence post, and there's a turtle on it, you can be certain of one thing: that turtle did not get there on its own. And it's the call. He talks about this uh, this uh, story. I think it was Alex Hurley, a writer who's tremendously successful. Uh, and the quick version is roots, right. Yeah, right. And it, you know won all kinds of Pulitzers and then TV shows and all kinds of stuff. And, and if you go to his office, you would see a poster and it's a turtle on a fence post. And it's to remind him that uh, he didn't get there on his own. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, uh, I think it was a Sir Isaac Newton uh, quote that I like that says, you know, if I've seen further, it's because I've stood on the shoulder of giants. And, and, and to me, it's all, that's what the trades do, right? Like everybody that's listening to this, that's in home services, can think of that one person that give them a hand up, a leg up and, and just shared. And so we talk about that. Who, who, who put you up on your fence post and conversely, you know, what are you doing to, to lift others up? And so that's turtle on a fence post. It, it, it should be a common phrase, uh, but that's what that means. <laughs> Thanks Paul. That was great. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it made me think of like really the unintended consequence of this podcast has been we're learning so much about the people who have helped the people become the people they are today. And it comes in, you know, through almost every story we have. And I see more and more of that uh, now more than ever, particularly over the last year, as I see contractors all across the country kind of uniting to help one another in different markets. And so that kind of brings me into our next question which is around what, what are you doing with the tool shed? Why are you doing it? What is yeah. it? Where do tell us all about it? Yeah. So I, I again, as we said earlier, I'm incredibly fortunate um, byproduct of uh, a lot of people pouring themselves into my life. And, and I'm at the position now where uh, underwritten by, by, by schedule engine um, as a give back to the trades. And, and we picked up some sponsorship along the way from Emerson who are great partners. Uh, but it, this was a period that we set aside. We understand it's been kind of an odd year for some, uh, you know, and just an okay uh, past year for others. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to sort of have, we're, we're getting ready to have a summer. Like for many of us, that's when we make our bones, um, you know, Things just projects just seem to go regardless of the trade uh, in the summer. And so what we want to do is we want to get everybody back in not just shape, but tip top championship level. So we had this idea of spring training. What would spring training look like uh, if it was done by a couple of old codger uh, trades people that used to know a thing or two, right? And so, um, so we created the tool shed and the tool shed is just a plate. Like if you've ever done it, uh, if you've ever been a tradesman, you know, that the right tool for the job is just a must. We've all had a project where we struggled, struggled, struggled. We go, you know, you do the, you do the uh, big box store run, come back and the right tool, you just get right to it. And so what we wanted to do was put a series of lessons that have been shared with us together in a way that could be potentially engaging, build a positive intentional space online that was uh, digestible, relatable, honest, 
and and positive and, and share the best that, and get everybody ready. It's free, no excuse. Get your team ready to make an absolute killing in the summer. So that's what the tool shed was. It's and it's funny. Like I've watched it, uh, and and I like that you guys use your humor and, and you have fun in it. With it. and even though I say I said jokingly, who's the bigger tool? Um, I say that because. It, I thought it was funny, but it it, it, wasn't. it was funny. Um, We're smiling. Anyway. It's just a podcast. Yeah, sure, sure. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's, it is funny. Like I, I actually, I've, I've, so I think your next, your next, I think you're going to be at episode 28 already. So I think it's what it is. Yeah. that's coming up. Yep. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I, and so anyway, I'm, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've probably watched, I think four of the episodes of the 28, but, um, well, I like you. it, man. I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Well, he, he, here's the thing. Um, we're just we're just people. We don't want to pretend that we've like got everything figured out. We don't want to pretend that we're these presenters. We've got day jobs. This is sort of our love letter back to the trades that like all those people that helped us, knocked us into shape. Uh, how cool is it? That you, you get the chance to just pass it on. We're all just caretakers of, of truth, right? And we just pass it on. And, and so to do that, it, it, the last thing I want to do is be at, be at a conference somewhere and someone come up to me and be like, well, that's not, yeah, guy was an asshole. no, he was like that, you know, and life's about being authentic. And I, th- yeah. I think, you know, that's that. one of the good things about the trade. And so we're just being ourselves, hopefully a little polished. Um, and, and uh, we try and have fun. We, uh, part of the, it, it stems from Jerry and I have both been fortunate to share at different companies, different conferences. And, and there's a lot of interest in how do you set up successful training? And, and we've had this train, the trainer approach. And, and eventually we just said, you know, what if we just did it? What if we just did it for them? And we're seeing a lot of service managers. They take the episode where it's role playing about how to position maintenance or, you know, turnover lead, whatever it is, and use that as their, their, their the kernel for their, their service meeting that week and uh if that's how they use it that's awesome you know uh, the, the rising tide lifts all boats and so we're we're all about that yeah absolutely and listeners if you haven't followed them on facebook go to Toolshed and follow them on facebook um i know i've sent some people over there too but go ahead and, and uh, get that done yeah i appreciate that smartac.com smartac.com if you haven't heard of it you better find out if you haven't implemented it you better check it out you have to get started doing something 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield what are you doing differently than your competitors you need to make sure that your memberships are sticky smartac.com does that lifetime warranty insurance savings filter discounts 24 7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem live tech chat service providers all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. And I, I think it points to something that's going on in our industry that I find fascinating and will be around for a while. And that's, um, we kind of talked about the information cycle. So there used to be like, oh, you would get information from your sales rep who worked for a distributor who bought from a manufacturer. And then a couple times a year, you'd go to this event. And then it got a little bit tighter as you started joining best practice groups and you started yeah. having lead groups. And there's a high cost of entry to those things. And then again, you have annual meetings. Well, it seems like there's been this acceleration of communities that are forming right. that are really disrupting the way that contractors get information, oh, yeah. the way they yeah. make decisions. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like communities and what you see the future in, in that space? Yeah. And, and it's, it's a great subject and I'm sure you guys are, are like me, you sort of stand back and you, you're, you're fairly connected and you, you can, you can see the different groups. And I, I like to think that the trades are like, we're a diaspora. There's like, you know, 120,000 HVAC contractors and we're all running the same job, but we all run it slightly different. And so there's this great 
need to to know am i doing this right and so we have this really interesting uh situation where we're we're both extremely fractioned uh by by what we do and yet quite cloistered in, in our community and you know i always say like if if you do something well it's great because the word's going to go like you know th- this podcast has been spread because it's good and it's valuable and people will spread it but every coin has two sides and, and if you you know if you kind of pee in the pool like people are going to know, right? Like, so, so it's a good news, bad news situation. And I think information and, and, and relevant truths are like, it's like water. It finds its own level and it finds its way out eventually. And so, so what we see is this aggregation of communities where people are sharing information, they're vetting, um, you know, they're vetting each other, they're vetting services. Hey, what do you know about these people? Who's, what do you know about this cat? And, and that's, um, it's it's very primitive. It's very tribal. Uh, you know, um, know Yuval Harari. He, he he has this great book, and he talks about how like go back Sapiens? to the beyond the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's, such it's, a good book. Such such a very good good book. And and um, but he talks about like ever since we were able to use language to self identify, it's allowed us to build these tribes beyond these sort of mammalian fifty five sixty five sort of like mental constructs that that tribes were limited to before and so as soon as we have the ability to say hey i i i believe that there's an imaginary line here and that's one country and this is ours all of a sudden we're able to say well i'm on this side and the other people say i'm on that side and we use these constructs all the time what is money except just something we all agree has value we're seeing that right now with to the moon and and all that (laughs) stuff with crypto right we're seeing coalescence of ideas and and the industry isn't insulated from that. So I think what you're seeing is these groups self-identifying as saying, I believe in excellence or, hey, I just want to share memes or I, I like I'm looking to grow my business and I want to be around people that have done it and can shine the light on it so that I, I don't stub my toe too much. Or, I, you know, I just want to know how to train my people better. And so the, what I believe is just a return to what we really know, which is in the absence of knowing what to do, we look for people that are like us and we do what they do, which is like uh, Robert Caldini talks about that and, and um, influence, you know, uh, it's just, just, it's just who we are. Oh, it's so good. I read Chaldini's book too. I forgot the name, but it's, um, hold on. Interpersonal, it's interpersonal influence. Influence. It, yeah. The science, science of persuasion and influence. Yep. And then um, he has this other book called Presuasions, which I don't think is good. I'm and hanging the, on. the seven minute YouTube is better. I'm hanging on two for two for book references. And I think that's all I got. <laughs> that's pretty good. Impressive. Um, talk about, I want to come back to kind of, um, the concept around self-improvement and learning kind of culture within the company. So if I'm listening to this, to this podcast right now and I have a successful, successful company, I'm inspired by something. Um, how do I implement, how do I create a culture of everybody wanting to get a little bit better and rowing in the right direction? Yeah, boy, we, we could, we could park here for a couple of hours, right? Um, the, 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 the simple answer is again, we go back to, you know, you, you, Think, think of your children. They don't listen to what you say. They look at what you do. So first things first, integrity. We model the behavior we hope to see in others. And, and that speaks louder than anything. And I, 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 if, if, if you're a contractor uh, that's all about improvement, uh, what are you doing? And what are you talking about? And, you know, if culture is defined as nothing more than what we uh, you know, behaviors that we reward and punish, what are we rewarding? Right. And what are we holding people accountable for? So, so I think uh, there's a behavioral aspect of it, but then there's, then there's just the, 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 the other aspect of, um, 
and I think this is this we're seeing more than ever is is understanding that you know you can't push a rope right you can't force things so so just like we do we don't spend all day and all of our marketing dollars convincing customers uh, you know to come and read a yellow page so that we can get their business right you fish where the fish are and because that's what's important you want them and so we change our behavior for our external customers and we go where they are and we use the tools they use so for training our internal customers uh, after you're modeling that behavior and you're rewarding the, the good stuff that you want repeated then it's about understanding how do people want to learn today and how do they um, how do they consume information what is their appetite and what's their you know the mind can only endure with a uh, it can absorb what the, the butt can endure right are you sitting them in a chair for four hours and having <laughs> like somebody come in and read a PowerPoint at you I've, be, I've been to that training. And newsflash, I, I, I've got a cooler accent. I can read that, the PowerPoint myself. Like, don't do that to me. And by the way, we're making the installers sit through three hours of sales guy stuff, service stuff, and vice versa. And so, like, we got to make sure that we're structuring it correctly. So, so modeling it and then uh, having a no BS conversation with your team about how they like to learn and then and then uh, just setting up. And then blow up rockets, man. Try, try a bunch of everything. Right now, there's so many resources. Try it. Fail fast. Uh, yeah. No, no. That, that Thank you. That, um, you said something that you said on the last podcast, and I've never forgotten it. And I want you to come back to it because you're the only person that I've ever heard define your culture as the things you reward and the things you punish. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Give me some examples, some experience that's formed that opinion because I've never heard it anywhere else. And maybe you learned yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, it's uh, it's a gentleman. It's it's one of the ex uh, Google uh, culture people, and and it was this, the simplest, and, and it resonates with all of the anthropological understanding we have, right? Like, there's been, I mean, I, there's tons tons been written on it, and studies. I've, I've read the Harvard white papers and all that. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we say culture is. We can look at what culture is. Our kids understand what. Like, your home has a culture, and it's not from the posters on the wall it's it's from what you punish and reward and that's that's how culture is experienced it doesn't matter what you say it matters what you do and so um in fact it's worse if you say the opposite because there's 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 this cognitive dissonance and it actually does more harm than good and that's where we talk about toxic culture so so for me it's 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 simply um uh the i I think it it starts with your uh, center of values so it could be something as simple as picking up the phone and saying hey Barry, I saw you, you had a service call, the GPS, let me know you were at two o'clock last night. Man, I just want you to know, um, taking care of our customers, like people like you, that's why, that's, that's how we're going to, we're going to take over the world. And I want you to know, I value it more than anything you'll ever know, but I can never do anything for you. Just let me know. It's when somebody has a, a microaggression and in, in one of these, uh, you know, uh, uh, when there's clearly some sort of alpha male bully that's dominating the training room and nobody is speaking up because this guy is just being an a-hole and you don't address it. That's your culture. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we've, we've seen it and your, your values have to cost you something or they're not real. I've been kicked around by a couple of guys like that in my former life. Yeah. It's no good, man. Who, who like training, you know, um, tool shed, whatever you want to call it. Like, I just think of life as a giant cocktail party. Like absent the money, like if I came up and talked to you at a cocktail party, would I be like, hey, okay, come and got to go? Or would I hang out and, and engage with you and, and exchange ideas with you? 
Like, if you don't pass the cocktail party test, you know, you, you got some reflecting to do. Interesting. So talk to me more about like the logistics of training. Um, mm. Is it what, what has worked best? Is it, um, you know, a weekly, a daily, I mean, what's it look like with, with the technicians? Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a couple of things. There's, there's what's practical. There's what's best. Uh, I, I think now more than ever, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, in fact, I, I, I was answered and I was an eyeball to eyeball, get them in the room, press the flesh, you know, make them look at you and promise all kinds of things. Um, because that's how we did that. That's, that's, that's what we knew. And, and while we were comfortable with other digital tools, we weren't sure our audience was, and we always have to keep pace with our audience. Well, over the last you know, year and a half, if there's a, a bright side to anything, it's that everybody knows how to use them, right? Everybody knows how to, <laughs> right. you know, when your aunt is on the, the family quiz night, like Zoom may have jumped to the shark at that point, right? So we yeah. can all agree that, that the tools and, and stuff we have is different. So I think that's, that's the, 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 the sort of mechanism for it. And then for, because that, that takes down barriers such as cost and travel and time and all these other things. So it opens up lots of other options. But what, what's interesting, I think, is the way that the job of a technician has evolved. It's just, it's just different. Like for me, uh, I, I, I grew, uh, grew up in the trades working for a company and we, ha- we came in every morning, but that was just to turn in paperwork. We had one big meeting a week and that was the, you know, housekeeping, uh, rah-rah session and it was good. Um, but I, I think as I've talked to owners and, and operators across the country, the challenge they're feeling and the frustration that they're perhaps taking out on their teams is, the lack of compliance or the, the, you know, they're not doing this process right. Well, the reality is the job of the technician has changed and what used to be go fix it and bill from office and, you know, clean out your truck once a week. Now it's, it's the parts they're dealing with are incredibly esoteric. So, so all of a sudden things like inventory and inventory management and truck stock is super mission critical, right? Cause you just, we're not throwing in universal motors or we're looking for, you know, brand specific, uh, um, uh, tools and, and the uh, the fact that they need to know about financing, they need to know about soft skills, they need to know about you know the new software that's been updated, and so they can do their job and the, the changes to to the, the on call schedule. So the only consistent uh, thing I've seen improve performance relative to training uh, is consistent and timely uh, training and, and, and repetition. You know, it's, there's a reason, you know, all the parables are repeated three times in the Bible. Teachers know repetition, repetition, repetition. And so, you know, it's not that the people are broken. It's just the jobs changed and there's just a lot to remember. When I need to do 400 things on every call, chances of me missing 50 of them are pretty high. Right. Now you I'm mentioned, person, right? <laughs> well, you mentioned the soft skills. I think you quoted Jerry, or I've heard Jerry say, it's not the technical stuff, but the other stuff that really grinds our gears. What does he mean by that? And then how do you keep the attention of, you, you know, service technicians? It's easy to, to, to talk about the soft skill stuff with like me or Chris, but like service technicians, how do you get their get and keep their attention around soft skills? Yeah. So, so <laughs> the, the stuff that grinds gears, it, it, you know, a lot of people go into the job because they just want to fix things. They're good with their hands. And now we're asking them to be relational experts and, 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 you know, understand things like proxymetrics and sitting down and like all kinds of crazy stuff. That's nothing to do with getting an air conditioner running. Um, so I think that that's the stuff 
they if you if you ask them what they'd rather do, spend six hours tracking down a low voltage short, or or ask someone their credit history, <laughs> you know, for, for a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'll go hunt the short. And so that's the stuff. Uh, Jerry Jerry <laughs> says, you know, we're not going to tell you how to fix uh, uh, the stuff. We're going to tell you how to talk about the stuff you're fixing. He, he he talks about how how quite often don't don't run past the customer to make love to the air conditioner. You know, we work, uh, our job is to fix um, the air conditioner, but it's on behalf of all the people in the house because that's who we expect. Like, as soon as they're gone, they, no one cares about the air conditioning. So so I think it's understanding that, that soft skills are important and that all things being even, that's the hard part for a lot of technicians. So how we make it engaging is we understand our role and, and we understand the technician's role. So our role isn't to train and then send them out there's this old saying that says, if the student hasn't learned, the teacher hasn't taught. Yep. And, and I think that's the biggest uh, disconnect that I see with people that are trying training, especially around soft skills. It's like, well, I told them, quit sending me these crap, you know, these kids these days. You know, what we need to understand is, is the role of the technician, the things specifically they're, that they're struggling with. And it's, there's this whole diagnostic process that you go through. I think we talked about it in the last episode. People can check it out. But, but once you understand the issue, then how do they want to learn? Do they want to learn small groups? Do they want to just write along and watch? And anymore, if you really want to grow beyond organic growth rates, you're going to have to be adaptive to people's learning skills, especially where we're outstripping our capacity um, for, for skilled people. And if we start making our own, that's a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> can hold different kettle of fish. I've never heard that. And I learned two words during that segment. Oh, <laughs> Andy for Scrabble. So talk about, I'm sorry, Chris, did you, did you want to no, jump no, in? No, 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 that's fine. Actually it, it passed because we would, you started joking. <laughs> sorry. Um, so talk about, uh, I want to talk about consumer expectations and how that's had an impact on technicians and, and how technology can kind of cover that gap and how the soft sales cover that gap. Like where do those two things intersect and what do you see? This is kind of a two-parter. Like, where does technology come into play with the uh, service technicians? Yeah, I think uh, really, really important things. You know, I'm convinced the people that are going to win this game, uh, defined as the usual sort of barometers of success, yeah. are, are the ones that continue ruthlessly to put their customers at the center of everything they do ruthlessly put their customers at the center of everything they do period and it's the exact same for their external customers so, so like obviously that's where schedule engine was born schedule engines sole purpose is to enhance the consumer experience for contractors that already have viable business and software and all that other stuff that need that customer uh, focus lift it's where training comes in and understanding that everything that we've just discussed about understanding roles is about understanding that they're not there to learn you're there to teach they're your, like you you wouldn't um you know, get very far if, if you were selling air conditioners and you just couldn't get anybody to sort of buy into the idea. So there's, so there's that, that's the importance of soft skills and why that's important is because increasingly the technology that we use both to sell and to actually experience the, the, the services in the trade is changing. And, you know, I'm often reminded of all the great ideas, great inventions, better mousetraps that are sitting collecting dust in people's basement. You can have an incredible product, whether it's an air conditioner or, or, or whatever. But if no one knows how to talk about it in a way that anybody gives a crap, 
then congratulations, you've got an expensive paperweight, right? And 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 bars are filled with people crying at the end of it, saying, "I, I you know, I invented a, a car that drove on electric twenty years ago." I mean, you guys have probably you talked to enough people that are like, "Oh, I had that idea twenty years ago." Well, yeah. Could you build a team? Can you share a vision? Can you educate to overcome? And can you share a story that is compelling enough for people to part with their money? It's the old Zig Ziglar. Yeah, it's not too expensive. You just didn't give me enough reasons to care. And so I think with technology, whether it's the the, the technology um, like a service Titan or a field edge that they use, we need to get really good at continuing to reduce the friction uh, of that. And I think these, these, these companies have done a great example of that relative to their predecessors. But then it's also the, the technology that we live with and how we live in our homes and how we experience our home. We need to be able to talk about that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a, a commodity race. And who wants, to, who wants to be involved in that? But Eddie, we've always done it this way. Yes. <laughs> and we'll go to the museum and we can look at all those people as well. You know, I, 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 I'm not saying that the tsunami is coming tomorrow, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it was John Wooden that says the only consistent thing in, in life has changed. Right. So, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, there's there's we just talked about this with some of our, our team um, uh, and our, we, we do this little leadership academy and and it's um it's this concept that what got you here won't get you there. And, and we're victims of our own success because of our success bias or, you know, I just one of those fallacies that we keep in our, it's like, well, I just need to get to, you know, Jimmy Fallon because everybody famous was on Jimmy Fallon. Like, well, no, that's, that's not how it works. Right. That's just a, a, a conflation of fact. And so I think we need to really um, understand that we need to equip our teams to get better at communicating about all the incredible things technology does. Otherwise we don't care. Yep. When you talk about the tsunami, yeah. what do you see? What do you see that being described that what's behind that wall? Uh, that's a big one. No. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I'm reading the tea leaves and for $5, I can get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks <laughs> too. So like put the appropriate amount of weight. There's, there's probably smarter people than me, but what I see is an unyielding, um, evolution of consumer expectation and we've talked about this but i think it's it's not going away and and it it comes and stops and starts and we confuse that with with um failure but it's not it's innovation um and it's just not going away and and what i see is two paths there's there's two clear paths to me one is we as an industry in these group hold ourselves accountable to increasing um customer joy and satisfaction at how they can experience our products and trades and services. Mm-hmm. And we hold our stakeholders, whether it's distributors and, and manufacturers, and we force them to evolve with us. Um, and we need to do that for a lot of reasons. Uh, the skilled labor gap, uh, if that doesn't end with an end run of the way equipment manufacture being more modular, plug and play, I then that's a giant missed opportunity. If uh, the other path that I see that isn't from the inside is from the outside because uh, cash goes where the customers go and, and disruption that, you know um, in most cases happens from the outside. Not always, you know, there's some brave souls that are willing to to evolve the concept and and have the difficult conversation and be willing to have a few bloody noses and be ridiculed. If you ever want, um, if you ever want to laugh, uh, go look, uh, I think it was, Paul's wardrobe. There's an old, what's that? I said Paul's wardrobe. 
<laughs> I'm in glass house. I can't throw stones. But like, if you ever want to laugh, go look at the way the high jump used to be done in the Olympics. You'll see we used to we used to run at that face forward, and one lone soul was like, "No, man, I think there's a better way." And 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 there's this great. Uh, I think Visa even did a commercial about it where he goes running. Dick Fosbury. It's called the Fosbury flop. That's it. And and he jumps over backwards and he sets this record. Now, we we all recognize the Fosbury flop and, and it's a kind of a neat story. But what I think about, I think about all of like, it's one thing to be doing that in a stadium with 120,000 people and winning. I think about all the times he showed up to practice, all the ridicule he got all the naysayers and that's a lonely, lonely journey, but he did it and he changed the sport. Where are those pioneers? Right. All's burnt flop. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So good. You know, I was on the, I want to talk, you, you mentioned something about um, being able to communicate the way that the products and services that you perform and sell <laughs> can make a consumer feel. I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about just a macro problem that I see. And I'm curious what your perspective is. I still find it, stunning that most of my neighbors and most of yours and Chris, most of yours don't know much about two-stage cooling. They don't know much about variable speed. They don't know much about, um, you know, variable capacity heating and all these sort of things. Like it's a far minority. And I had a call with a, um, a international manufacturer today who's putting a lot of money in trying to tell this story about this product that really does make your home more comfortable and is smarter and quieter and all these sort of things. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, man, you can pour as many millions in as you want. Like the story has to be told differently. And I don't know if it's commercials and I don't know if it's billboards and I don't know if it's co-op programs. Someone's got to disrupt that space. Someone's yeah. got to make it so that human beings recognize that a central component to their health and wellness and happiness and comfort and ability to lay in bed with their spouse at night has to do with air conditioning because I'm tired of the data that says, People just don't think about it until they have to. And when they have to, they rush really quick to Google and then they call someone out and it's a terrible experience. So I say all that <laughs> to say, one, who can disrupt that? And two, how do we get, how do we say, how do we get consumers to create, pull that demand from the contractors? Mm. I don't know. What are your thoughts, sir? Uh, nobody ever buys a drill because they want a drill. They buy a drill because they want a quarter inch hole. Right. <laughs> And I would suggest that we stop talking about that and say, hey, how would you life, like your life to be better? I remembered uh, the great uh, tech daddy himself, Charlie Greer. He talks about like, um, you, you want to talk about how, you know, you're, you're going to go in and, and he, he calls them word pictures. You go into your bedroom and it's, it's icebox cold, which is how your spice likes to sleep. And you, and you lay there and you wake up and for the first time in 15 years, there's a feeling. It's refreshing. You wake up refreshed. You've got more energy. You go to work. You're happier. You're more productive. You're more productive. Your boss gives you a promotion. You get more money. All of a sudden, you know, uh, you're, you're feeling better. You're driving a nicer car all because you went with this system. Oh, by the way, it has a two-stage system, right? Like it's – now that's obviously uh, some hyperbole sure. in there. But that's the point, right? It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the net effect. And if we can focus on – how people experience their air conditioner will we'll do much better at selling. And that's what I'm talking about. Like when we, when we can focus on why someone should care, then that's, 
that's when we get people's attention. We're constantly competing for attention. And I think what Rodney Coop says, you know, it's always about money until you make about something else. I actually oh, had, man, I actually had an opportunity to chime in with a, a quote, but then Eddie already took it on by saying <laughs> the why. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. yeah it starts it's the, the cynic stuff, right? Yep. That's it. But yeah, cause yeah. you're basically talking about what the, you know, what the experience is of having it, um, which is, a lot backwards for a lot of people on the sales approach versus that. Yep. I love the whole starts with why I think is it makes a lot of sense to me. You're talking about the end result experience feeling all that stuff. Yeah. And, and I think we, I, I think this, this goes back to my other passion for the trades is our self-esteem issue that we are. We've, we're yeah. crippled with our self. We, we perhaps don't believe that we deserve that kind of recognition because after all, we're just a bunch of blue collar guys. Well, you know, Apple, when, when, when it reinvented the way we live, it, how many people actually had computers, right? But it, it decided to, to, to think differently. GE became a, an incredible center of management and philosophy. They only made motors. They just decided that that's what they were going to get really good at. And so when I think when uh, a manufacturer or a forward-thinking contractor figures that out, I think, they'll, I, I think you'll see the dominoes fall very quickly. So let's talk about that. Chris, I know I keep interrupting you, man. I'm so sorry. You know, this is my jam. Uh, no, 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 no. You're listen. The, you, you're on one. Just keep going. I'm in support. So let, supporting cast. I, I even interrupted you after I was apologizing for interrupting you. Okay. <laughs> um, we all talk about Elon Musk who made a reference to HVAC and we all yep. just kind of like, oh yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what Tesla does with this thing. Um, what it what what kind of opportunity exists for someone like Elon Musk to come in and disrupt an entire industry? Do you see anything down the pipeline with that? Oh, all of it. <laughs> I, I I I mean I I I you know I think it's when I was joining ACA or maybe uh, the Nate uh, board. You write a letter, and I actually said that you know. For me, I think we're incredibly lucky that Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk woke up one day caring about rockets instead of their heating system. We saw what, what somebody did when they just cared about their thermostat. Yeah. An industry that had been stagnating for what? How, how long has we been using those? Um, and in this day and age, if somebody doesn't understand that these things need to be simpler, um, um, uh, plug and play, uh, um, you know, order a part online, show up. Now, I get that I'm potentially eating off my own plate here and cannibalizing it. But, you know, remember entrepreneurs don't, uh, home service entrepreneurs, it isn't our job to make sure that we always make money in home services. It's our job to always make sure that we're making money. Yeah. And, and, um, if we don't embrace the potentiality of that, then we're going to continue. What we have isn't working. We cannot find enough people to do what we have. And it's the, the learning curve for hiring someone went from like, Hey, make sure he doesn't steal anything. And he's got his own right. tools <laughs> for three days. You know, you hand them like a, like a, a carbon copy book full of invoices to, yeah, I think he can be out on his own in 12 weeks. So <laughs> something it clearly is going to break. Um, and that's where I see the two paths. If, if we, you know, I, I've been increasingly um, convinced that manufacturers, distributors, and contractors who have kind of sometimes had this adversarial role of like, well, you know, beating each other up to get to get the best price, which is a big part of it. And, and, and there's certainly an appropriateness to some of that. But if we don't start working together better and understanding that we're in the same ecosystem, uh, we're actually in the same boat with a hole. Um, if we argue about 
whose turn it is to bail out of the water, we're missing it. Do you think manufacturers and distributors are tempted to go around the contractor and direct to consumer? Try to solve the Couldn't help themselves. yourself, could you? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think they want to do it with contractors. Uh, but contractors, uh, you know, um, boy, I'm going to get hate mail, I think. Uh, sorry, no one knows where I am, right? Um, I, I think contractors need to, to, to lead. I, I think when industries are changing, when people go first and they lead and they, and they work with contractors and they reach out to contractors and they say, hey, how, how can we help you? solve this problem and i was part of a futures um team that that worked on some of this and it was everything from like what can um you know we still send heat strip uh you know air handlers for heat pumps and heat strips separately and that happens in the field little things there's little innovations that can lead to the right outcomes um and build trust along the way for these relationships and but it starts with how we see each other it's like if it's the end scene of reservoir dogs we're doing something wrong (laughs) damn i've never seen it you serious? I actually know. know. I actually, probably I'm, you probably saw it on the office. There was a version of that in the office. No, no <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure he's never seen it. That's not his kind of flick. <laughs> too, yeah, too aggressive. <laughs> so you mentioned labor. Now we're. I'm taking yeah. you all over the place. This is a yeah, sure. A, a journey of HVAC and home <laughs> services with Eddie McFarland. Um, what role do you see technology playing into the labor pipeline? Yeah. Um, here's the deal we we need to to embrace it because um the the world of uh waiting four years for someone to be revenue positive um it's just too expensive to run these companies anymore it's just very expensive to 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 market and to to find customers and to convert customers and then to keep customers and then to meet customers evolving um, satisfaction so uh anything that we can do with technology to enhance learning to make learning mobile to to make it sticky to improve retention uh, uh where we can uh you know i I'm, i don't know if you've talked to the interplay guys the the vr sort of um diagnostic uh, technician you should I'll, I'll hook you up with those uh those people it's it's a yeah. really great great product and and what you know what it can do is it can shortcut the traditional path which is some somebody coming in who has a vested self-interest in telling you they know as much as possible because guess what that's we're in a negotiation and that's directly related to your, your offer you're going to make me so sure i can run that call yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah, I can work on that. So automatically, there's a there's a, a, a competing set of interests during the interview stage, and then uh, similarly, uh, today the technicians often interview the, the the company uh, rather than the other way around. So right. so we get on there, and then we have to send them on calls only to find out they don't work on it and come back. And, and, and so if there was some sort of machine learning where we could, uh, we could track that, but then also uh, recommend learning modules specifically offset. And then that learning module was underwritten with technology that would share the specific areas that they're getting wrong. So we don't have to do the whole module again. It's just, Hey, no, it's the meter doesn't go across it. It goes uh, with it. When we can use technology to leverage the, the to close the, knowledge gaps uh that we have then then uh we'll start to contract everything and so interplay has has some some tools they're not quite there yet but they they have a a, uh you know a a module that you can do and based on that it will recommend learning modules or a learning path and and tools like that already exist um but i i i kind of think we need to we need to look in the mirror because we it's sort of like in the last year right 
everybody said, wow, if I had the time, I'd learn French. If I had the time, I'd do this. And, if I, and we all just stayed home for a year. And all we did was uh, watch crime documentaries and gain 20 pounds, right? So clearly, <laughs> real talk, it wasn't a function of time. Similarly, Toolshed exists, right? Like, it's free. I've spent 10 years at conferences talking to customers saying, oh, man, I, I, wish, I wish I had a trainer that could, could do that stuff. Stuff's out there. We live in the information age. We don't live in an information uh, shortage. It's an execution shortage. So, so I think we need to, to be solid. thoughtful about what, what we're trying to do, hold ourselves accountable to what we say is important, you know, because uh, we talk a good game. Uh, does our calendar match that? Maybe. Um, and, then, and then execute, measure. Execute, plan, measure, execute. It's not hard, but we got to take, we got to be real with ourselves too, you know, including me, by the way, still in that class house. Mike <laughs> drop with the execution good. shortage. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to close this out with one comment and one last final question. The comment is, and you're going to need to listen to this too, Eddie, go back and listen to the episode after yours airs with Tom Howard from service Titan. All right. So mm -hmm. your comments really align with his and he's got some really interesting views on technology in the future that you're going to want to hear that will, I assume, have launched by the time our listeners are hearing this. So listeners go hear it, too. And finally, um, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to talk about what's going on with Schedule Engine, what's coming down the pipeline, what's on the roadmap, what keeps you what, what makes you excited? What's right your now? favorite strategic partner? Right. Yes, yes. Well, first off, uh, the entire Rhino team is, uh, is who uh, I want to be when I, I grow up. So that's cool. <laughs> um, now, uh, you know, Austin Haller, the, the founder of Schedule Engine, uh, has, has built a team there that's really uh, driving towards solving um, many of the issues that, you know, uh, contractors are facing. And it's, it's evolving to be a full suite of services, everything from live uh, chat, voice. You know, if you think about the, the, the money that we spend on marketing, right? If we put more in the top, we get X or the bottom. And so every one of those conversion stages in the funnel has, has, has a bit of a leak uh, and schedule engine exists to plug those leaks so that you don't need to put more in the top. You just get more at the bottom. And so you go check them out. They're driving the bus. I just get to show up and, 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 um, tell them how air conditioning will work sometimes. So, so, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'd love, I'd love to encourage everybody to check out. Um, I think, I think one of the things we sort of touched on it is that I think we're going to see a resurgence in, in um, organizations again, like ACA and Nate and, you know, they've been around for, for a long time and, and uh, they've been doing a lot of great work, but they've, they've been on their own journeys as well. And, and, and I'm privileged to serve with a bunch of uh, manufacturers and, and mostly contractors that are servant leaders and just, just doing everything we can to make sure that uh, whether it's legislation that's crippling in Washington isn't passed or uh, you know, the, the right tools, um, uh, are, are provided whether it's you know Nate is producing training material that's multilingual. Awesome, we should have tons of that because I can read a census, right? So like all, all kinds of stuff. It's 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 very cool. Anyway, uh, soapbox. Uh, that, that, that's cool. How do you really feel? Thank you. Well, we're fans of ACA since we are the strategic partner, uh, digital marketing yes. company of ACA. Um, but it, again, I I do say. Um, you know, I'm glad you asked that last question, Paul, because, you know, Schedule Engine is a strategic partnership of ours. I know that um, we have a very great relationship. Um, and the reason it's a great relationship is the volume of success that uh, our customers are seeing from using that tool in the funnel, as you, as you were saying, Eddie. Um, because if it, if it sucked, we wouldn't be partners anymore. <laughs> be right, quite honest with right. you. 
but I love it, man, because it's you guys are all in on it too. Austin and I have a call tomorrow, um, and it's just to talk about you know how can we do more together because I ble- we believe our customers need you because at the end of the day, you talked about client satisfaction being number one. That's exactly right. Yep. Same thing here, and it's uh, we just can't do it all ourselves. So we got to utilize technology to also help push it through the funnel. But how do we increase our odds of conversion mm-hmm. into a legit customer? Right. So that's, exactly. that's what it does for us. And the, with the, with the new um, voice uh, live voice offering, that's, you know, that's out like that also is a, been a major problem forever is this whole after hours answering service, answering service debacle is it's always kind of been a find the least shittiest after hours answering and, service. Yeah, and, necessary evil. Right. And, yeah. And it's like, and it's forever. I mean, my, at least in my 14 years now in the trades, that's been a constant issue. It's no different yep. than like the tech storage. So, um, we're happy to be part of that whole deal. And, um, and I can't remember how many mutual customers we have. Paul knows better because he manages our partnerships, but it's a lot and it's yeah. a lot because we know it works. So, yeah. Um, we'll love to see that. what you guys keep coming up with. Hey, can I finish this thing since we kind of started down this road, um, this road, yeah. can I finish this with a, uh, um, a joke? <laughs> I, I would be disappointed if you didn't. Why did the technician run towards the air conditioning unit? <laughs> I have no idea. Why did the technician run towards the air conditioning unit? Because he was charging it. <laughs> no, no good. Slow clap. No, that's ball. that's awesome. I always make this face when I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna stick to uh, I'm gonna stick to my day job. Okay. Apparently, my dad jokes. Well, so, it, my kids do the same it, thing. They don't laugh at anything I say. No, I know, I know. But in all seriousness, I I appreciate what you guys are doing. When I look at uh, the way you you guys are tackling the the innovation and elevation problem uh, in your own way, and and you you guys do with such an authentic passion, it's it's just, honestly, it's, you know, I I just, I listened to uh, the the Miz uh, podcast this week again, and, and you know, it's just, you guys are doing it. I know you're you know, you had had your event over over there, and and you're well staked out to see uh, to probably make your own very educated guesses about the trends in the industry. And, and uh, I, I always enjoy when we get a chance to catch up because I think um, it really is the manifestation of the, the I think, the, the joint philosophy that we have, which is, you know, be good humans, do good work, you know. Yep. Mike, Thank you, man. Andrew. That means a lot. I appreciate Thank you saying that. Um, and again, thanks for your hour of time with us. I know you could give awesome. more than that. I know you have a lot more than that to give. Hey, hey, congratulations with Toolshed. Seriously, like I like to see it taking off. That's pretty cool. Um, the production's really good. It's too, good. So it's solid. Yeah, thank you. We'll thank wait. you. Yeah. I'll wait. On it takes pen. a lot to make this look good. <laughs> I'll wait on pins and needles for our rhino shout out. Um, and then, <laughs> and it quickly, no, oh, seriously, yeah, you got that. Write that down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, again, thank you, man. I appreciate you so much coming on here. I appreciate our friendship, um, and I appreciate you coming Same. on and sharing your information and all this, and obviously you'll be back on again. So, uh, hasty back. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. <laughs> you uh, said, uh, that one worked, I think. Haste ye back. That means hurry back. Yes. Hurry back. Yeah, is, is yeah, that, yeah. That's it the does. Whole country? Haste you back. Haste you back. That's, that's right. good, man. It's good. Hey, listen. Look, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, booyah. Okay, hey, um, listeners, hopefully you appreciate this again. You better have appreciated it. Um, if you didn't, uh, don't leave us a review. Um, if you did, feel free to leave a review. We like those, um, especially when they're five stars. Uh, do we have anything other than a five-star review, Paul or Kyle, do you know? Only uh, the episode I did by myself. Oh, yeah, that one had a one-star. Sorry. Um, hey, randomly, too, uh, for you listeners, if, if one of you happens to be Mark, um, Mark and Amber, I'm doubting Amber listen, but Mark that ran into tall Paul in the Cancun airport, and recognized him from being a podcast listener. Um, shout out to you. I didn't catch the name wow. of, your, of your company, but he recognized Paul 
And then so we went over and took a picture with them. So I know, pretty cool, huh? Um, that my was wife was with me. My wife, who's probably never listened to one episode, was like, <laughs> wow. This is, she went She went over and grabbed Chris. I felt so naked without Chris. I was like, you got to see my, you got to meet my buddy Chris. So we got a little picture. <laughs> we'll share that at some point in time. But listen, uh, Mark, appreciate you uh, making Paul's uh, life at this life. point. So I'm going to go ahead and share a quick uh, review as we do when we close out the podcast. This is a five-star review from Ivan Dobish. Um, or Dobish, one of the two. Close enough, you, you know it. who you are. Um, says, top notch. I would agree, so I appreciate that we're already on the same page. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is my go-to. They bring in legit, legitimate guests, uh, as Eddie McFarlane. Uh, Eddie McFarlane on here rocking the show, uh, or Eddie Mac, as some call him. Um, legitimate guests from the home services industry. I love their high energy and positive feel. The knowledge and wisdom is endless. Ivan, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time to leave us a review. And listeners, again, keep tuning back in. Um, share the podcast, okay? It's summertime. Y'all going to be in your trucks a hell of a lot more. So, well, you should be. You should be. And you need to listen to stuff just like this. Until next time, until Eddie comes back again, <laughs> we'll see ya. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.